you, and when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Shoot Wrestling Podcast. I am Afis, and with me as always is Devin, and we are about to break down AEW Dynamite from this past week. Um, this week's Dynamite, it was different, but it was damn entertaining. Um, yeah, they did a great job with, with, with this show, man. What are some of your general thoughts overall of this episode? First of all, it made me forget about that it was no crowd there. Like just the way they shot it, which I love. It was just more on the ring, and they didn't really f- let you, you know, show that it was kind of empty seats in the stadium. I like how they feel, you know, wrestlers being part of the crowd. You kind of had heels on one side, faces on another, which was cool too. So uh, you got MJF betting on games with Sean Spears or betting on the matchup with Sean Spears. So that was a nice little touch. So it was just fun, man. It was very inter- entertaining. It was, man. I-, I thought that that was a brilliant move by them to incorporate some of the wrestlers in the audience and have them, you know, interacting with the matches and, like yeah. you said, betting on the matches, you know, between MJF and Sean Spears. And, you know, you had um, on the other side, too, some faces like SCU were there. Uh, Dustin at one point was there. Yeah. Like, it was it was fun, man. And just good, good overall, like, way to be creative with, with the situation that they were dealt um, you know, and, and the way they shot it, like you said, we talked about it in, in uh, our other breakdown, too. Like, it would have been nice if WWE would have done this as well to have a spotlight in the ring and yeah. black out, you know, the, the crowd. Because what's the point of focusing in on on those empty seats? And also the camera positioning, too. It showed the stage. It didn't show the seats. No. So, you know, when you're watching the match... You're seeing the match happen. Your eyes focus on the match. And if your eyes wander, you're seeing the set. You're not seeing the seats. So it, it was just it was a, a very smart way to go about filming. The only this time that it would show that you're in an empty, you know, arena when the camera kind of pan out when mm-hmm. wrestlers are coming in for the entrances. But other than that, you'll be like, oh, yeah, there is an input. Other than that, it'll just kind of just will you back in and make you forget about, you know, they're doing this in front of no crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Just really enjoyed it overall production wise. You know, it was a really great, great job. Well done by by all parties involved with the, with the AEW there. Um, so let's do a quick rundown of what happened here. So uh, the beginning uh, opened up with Cody Rhodes uh, addressing the the you know situation with that with the elite uh, specifically. Um, you know, he kind of formed what he was saying to also kind of address like the situation going on in our in, in the world right now. Yes. You know, and uh, about coming together like that was the big theme of what he was saying. Um, and he was using that 
to to also address the elite and them coming together for their matchup against the inner circle at uh, at blood and guts so i really thought that that was a, a smart way to to start up up the show with uh kind of not paying too much or making it too much of a focus basically with everything going on with the coronavirus mm. but you know kind of giving uh using their own battle, the elite's own battle, as a theme to to inspire uh, everyone that's going through or going through with the you know the, the the this virus and this 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 journey that we're all going through as well. So I thought that that was that was well done by them. And uh, yeah, it was just it was a cool call, call to arms for the elite, and we'll we'll come back to that a little and, and talk about that in a little bit more detail. Um, but beyond that. We had the Lucha Bros go against Best Friends. Uh, Lucha Bros ended up getting the finish victory there. We had Hikaru Shida, Penelope Ford, Riho, and Chris Danlander in a fatal four-way matchup, which Hikaru Shida ended up getting the victory there. Uh, Jurassic Express, which was Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, uh, faced off against the Butcher and the Blade. No bunny uh, there at the at the yeah, arena things, there. Man. Yeah. Double Bs. <clears throat> Just the double Bs, correct? And the Jungle Express ended up getting the victory there. I think they're on a little bit of a winning streak, so that's uh, that's pretty cool to see. Um, and the main event, obviously, was the Inner Circle versus the Elite. So you had Santana Ortiz and Jake Hager versus Cody Rhodes, Matt Jackson, and Hangman, pa- Hangman Page. Uh, the winner of this matchup would have the advantage going into the the uh, Blood and Guts, uh, uh, aka War Games uh, type matchup that they had yeah. going on. <laughs> um, so and yeah, the winners of this match ended up being the Inner Circle. They ended up getting the victory here as well. So let's double back to the beginning and go through these in a little bit more detail. So yeah, Cody Rhodes's intro. You know, like I said, just addressing the situation, but also to focusing in on the elite coming together. Uh, what'd you think of that? I thought it was great, man. You know, I love how Cody Rhodes is just coming out with these lethal dynamite promos, man. Not even it's even more impressive when he didn't have a crowd to kind of gauge where he needs to have his promo at for the emotion. I, he just took, you know, what we in the current world we live in today and used that to 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 deliver the emotion that where he was trying to go with this promo man you know uh and i love how matt and kenny omega came into the ring just kind of one by one addressing uh you know how scary this situation is and then kenny omega saying and how might there might might not be a dynamite next week mm-hmm. or ever whatever so it, it it was just kind of you know kind of surreal moment right there man you know you know you got as usual, Adam hand wash page. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that was a slight change there. Yeah, yeah no, I know, which was great. It was cool, man. <laughs> hand wash page came out yeah. there. Didn't say too much. He did gesture his drink mm-hmm. to go a little tip of the hat and let him know he he's down that he's looking to maybe bear the hatchet. So it, it, that that was cool, man. Yeah, and I love how they kicked off the show. With the pyro to start mm-hmm. the show, that was pyro go a long way, man. If if NXT or not even NXT because they didn't really have like a wrestling show, but if SmackDown or Raw would have had something like that, a performance center that that would have went a long way. But AEW, man, they they knocked it out of the park. But how to pr- really present a show with no crowd? Yeah, I agree. You know, it was it was 
intense, you know, getting that spotlight, uh, just Cody at first, just in the, by himself in that ring, just delivered his, his, his message, um, you know, with just such an intensity that I was focusing in, man. And I really enjoyed that. And then, like you said, Matt Jackson coming out, Kenny Omega coming out and them saying, you know, you like, yeah, we're with you, you know. And then at the same time, Matt Jackson was like, hey, there's three of us. And of course, his brother, Nick Jackson, uh, he was, you know, destroyed by the inner circle. So he's not there, but we're missing somebody. Where is Adam Handwash Page? <laughs> sure enough, you know, he comes waltzing out, you know, he looks, he doesn't say anything. He has his beer in his hand. He kind of looks at them. He. You know, gives him. He had no beer, man. He had oh no, he didn't have a beer. That's right. Drink, drink. That's that's right. My bad, my bad. He had a drink, and you know, he kind of, you know, just basically nods at him, and you know, tips, and he said, "All right, you know, basically letting him know, like, I'll be there." But then that was it, and kind of walked away. So you know, it, it was it was true to everyone's character. Um, really well done, like you said, with the pyro at the end. I felt like you know that was it was a great way to get the energy going uh, leading into the tag matchup that we would have right after that. So um, yeah, man, it was it was a great intro overall. And on side note, they definitely, even with no crowd, they definitely build up their pay per view for Blood and Guts and got and got me excited to look forward to it, man. Yeah, Blood and Guts actually isn't even a, a pay per view. It's just their their uh, it's a special show that's going to happen on Wednesday. Oh, I thought it was going to be a pay per view. No, no, they're doing that on Wednesday. I think oh. it's next Wednesday. Oh damn! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a special. It's just a special episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, AEW brings it, man. Just like Bash at the, yeah. at the beach, you know, in the Jericho Cruise. Yeah, every once in a while they'll do these special episodes. So it's a, it's a treat, man. It really, you know, we're we're we're. I, I hope one day, you know, they don't just say, you know, what all of these specials we're just gonna make people pay for them. But uh, let's enjoy them while we got them. Because <laughs> right. it's, it's definitely it would be worth it for sure to dollars, dollars now. Come on, yeah, nah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll enjoy it while it's free. Um, before we get into the tag match, just a uh, special shout out to Brandy Rhodes, who did uh, ring announcing for the show. Yeah. So that was pretty cool seeing her do this. And under her name, it said uh, she said she would never do ring announcing again. Oh. And she kind of shrugged. Yeah. But yeah, she's doing it. So she's she's being a team player and helping them out with this. So it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So uh, Lucha Brothers versus uh, Best Friends, man. What do you think of this matchup? I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed freshly, freshly squeezed yes. Cassidy Orange on commentary. He didn't do much. Cassidy Orange? Or I mean, Cassidy. Cassidy Orange. <laughs> I always get that reverse. Yeah. Anyway, well, I enjoyed his commentary. He was being typical, you know, on on commentary. He didn't say a lot. He didn't even say a lot. He didn't say anything. Man was he comatose. He a couple of naps during the match. <laughs> He was out. He was out. At one point, he stood straight up looking dead <laughs> at Pentagon. Yep. And then a few minutes later, he's back asleep again. He was out. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Right. I was like, what? What just happened, man? Dude. I'm like, this dude is, man. And, and the commentators get a kick out of it, man. It was like, if you, man, if you just it. cut. If you just cut all of his reactions together, it would be hilarious. It would. Like, from that, like you just said, like, there was sometimes he would just be kind of, like, chilling, you know, feet up on the table. Next thing you know, it looks like, nah, he's actually asleep. 
Then two minutes later, he's standing up real intense, you know, looking at Pentagon. And then, like you said, then he would just be out. And you're like, man, what up? <laughs> it's just a lot of luck going on with him at the announce table over there, man. It was entertaining. It was. It was. But in the end, the Lucha Bros won a match with a t- uh, top rope double stump package power driver combination. And then after that, uh, Chuck Taylor challenged the Lucha Bros to a street fight. Uh, a literal street fight or a parking lot street fight, but it's yeah. going to be a literal street fight. It's not going to be like a street fight and it'll be in a ring and street clothes. It's going to be a legit street fight. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be... I'm, I'm, I think, one, it's a nice creative move for them to take it out of the ring and put it out on the street, you know, given everything that's happening, you know, to change the locale. It makes sense. I mean, we talked about that a little bit, too, with some of the matches potentially at WrestleMania, you know, for them to do that. You know, they could... There's a couple of matches that have that that may warrant doing something like that. Um, but yeah, this is this is really cool, and I feel like you know AEW is is being I, they're at the forefront and, and leading in terms of being creative with the situation. Like I feel like WWE is going to end up copying some of the things that they do, and it's going to suck for WWE because they're going to be seen as copying versus yep. being the trendsetter. So kudos to to AEW for, you know, being first to, you know, do the the have the set be more of the focus, have the guys in the in the audience, the the wrestlers in the audience. And then, you know, like like with this potentially doing a street fight, you know, first too as well, you know, like great, great on them for for being trendsetters in that way. I'm going to give WWE some love too of showing AEW of what not to do Mm -hmm. for a a no crowd show, you know, giving them the template and, you know, AEW, they're going to watch their competition. So I'm pretty sure when they saw Friday night SmackDown and Monday night raw, they was like, Whoa, okay. You know what? We're going to do some changes to our show for no crowd for let's no crowd. not do that. Yeah. Let's not act like there is a crowd. Let's actually, you know, be realistic with this. And that's why, you know, you know, going back a little bit to what I was uh, alluding to in, in our SmackDown and raw recap, with uh, Sasha and Bailey, that's why I do give them a little bit of a pass because they were first to have to deal with that. They had no idea what they were going to look like. And, you know, I think they could have done that better. But, you know, overall, they were the first ones. And I think the next time they're out there, they'll be better. And for AEW, you know, you're seeing that, you know, they like you said, they probably saw what had happened. And they're like, you know what, let's let's do this differently. You know, let's try to make this more interesting to look at, to watch for a viewing audience, because it was awkward for us to watch the other product, you know, what they were doing. So, you know, for AEW, you know, kudos to them for changing it up and giving us something that was definitely more entertaining to to watch. Most definitely, man. Hats off to their production team, because they really, you know, put some thought into this, you know, for presenting a wrestling show with no for no with no crowd. Yeah. So, um, moving forward, we, uh, we've got that fatal four-way matchup that happened. Um, I think the, the standouts here, I mean, definitely Hikaru Shida, you know, I feel like she's getting built up as being the next, you know. That's your girl, right? Yeah, I I like Hikaru Shida. You know, I feel like she should have beaten Riho and then, um, you know, had, had that first championship matchup, uh, win or lose. I think it should have been her, but, you know, Riho, I, I, I think that with Riho not being 
the main focus of the women's division anymore. I think she'll be one. Maybe we could go through somewhat of an Adam Hangman Page situation with her too, where she can maybe become you know beloved again because we get to know her a little bit more. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that potentially happening. So we'll see how she develops. But for now, I think Hikaru Shida, for me, you know, she overall, her wrestling, her her presence overall, you know, is just stronger. So I'm, I'm more drawn to her. Uh, this is my first time seeing Penelope Ford in the ring. I know she had a dark match against uh, Riho or a match on AEW Dark against Riho. And uh, she won that matchup, and now Riho is fifth because of that. She's ranked fifth in the rankings. Uh, but Penelope Ford, uh, she, first time I saw her in the ring, solid overall performer. I think yeah. she has a gymnastics background, yep. so she was doing some flips. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she showed out, you know, in a great way there. Um, so strong showing for her. And, uh, yeah, Chris Statlander, the alien. I mean, I feel like she kind of just kind of did her thing. Uh, but what what she does, like when I say her thing, like it's it's – pretty damn good so this was one of the better matches that we've seen from the from the women's division and um, i really enjoyed it i thought it was great yeah man me too i, I definitely enjoyed the fatal four-way hikaru uh, shida definitely uh stood out to me penelope penelope ford as well uh definitely stood out to me as well i like chris stanler i think the spot when she did that uh what was that like kind of a suplex or combo suplex when she had Rio in a corner kind of pinned in the corner mm. and she used Sheeta uh to like hey suplex me on her in the in the corner and she did I was like whoa that looked kind of stiff right there but it was a nice spot though yeah and also uh Kip Sabian was uh, a part of this matchup as well trying to help Penelope Ford at every turn um, in the end, it wasn't enough to get Penelope for the win. Karashina ended up still winning the matchup. But post-match, Cole Cabana, who was also in the crowd too, you know, was kind of having a little bit of a jarring matchup with, with Kip Sabian. Ended up slapping Kip Sabian in the face. Yeah. And Kip Sabian just basically ran off. So, you know, <laughs> didn't look too strong in that moment. Uh, Cole Cabana definitely looked good in that moment. Yeah, he's like, what do you thought I was going to do? I'm a wrestler too. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that was that was interesting. That was interesting overall. Also, it was interesting, too, as we alluded it, we alluded to it before. But, you know, we did still have uh, MJF and and Sean uh, Spears still betting on on these matches and just seeing them continue like through each and every match. They were involved in some way, just, you know, cheering on the, the team that they were rooting for. Yeah. It seemed like Sean Spears was rooting for all the faces, by the way, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, and, me too, man. Like, you, you clearly saw that Yeah, uh, MJF had money on the heels and then yep. you know, Sean Spears had money on the faces. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was I mean, Warlow, smart. I guess. Warlow, <laughs> yeah, the they back. zoomed in on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah during one of the commercial breaks. whole face. It was just pouting the whole time. I don't know how. That man, you know, I gotta give I gotta give uh, big ups to that man because to keep his face like that and pouting the whole time, even taking notes, like that would hurt my face. By, yeah. by the time it goes up, I'm like, bro, I need to get a face massage or something. Because the not... way the entire time, but he did he did his thing though, man. He didn't have to say a lot. He just you know, pouty face, taking notes. 
<laughs> I don't know if that's something to be proud of, but hey, man, it is what it is. That's his, it's just his natural resting face. It's just to be a howdy <laughs> face. It's just blue steel the whole time, man. Just like, I don't know. It's just it's funny. That's funny. But um, yeah, man, just great. Again, we talked about the the people in the crowd, you know, the wrestlers in the crowd. Like, just great use of them overall, you know, through this match and, and the matches to come later on as well. Um, let's see. Jurassic Express versus Butcher and the Blade. How'd you feel about that one? I like the match, man. Uh, I definitely saw more of a showcase for Luchasaurus again. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, those those uh, super kicks or just strike kicks were looking super lethal on yeah. the Blade and the Butcher as well, man. And, and they got the win, too, uh, based because of MJF telling them to, to do your finish. Like, do your finish! Do your finish! And they, I guess, you know, a little miscommunication and Lucha, not Lucha Bros, but Jurassic Express was able to, you know, uh, take the opportunity on that and hit them with their finisher. And yeah, was set up with the combination flapjack cutter move and got the win. Was there a botch with um, Jungle Boy at the end there? Where he, so I think the butcher was supposed to be standing up, not being you know still down on the ground because yeah. it looked like Jungle Boy was getting ready to do a suicide dive. Yeah. Or, or a tope suicida. Tope suicida. Yeah, or tope suicida, as, as, as Scalber will put it so well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were in the nose, but yeah. he just, you know, got out the ring and stumped him a little bit. So I guess that was a botch on more on the butcher. Yeah. Well, I thought also, too, part of the botch as well, I thought, was they kept replaying it. Like, they showed the replay twice, I think, after it happened, and they were trying to say, yeah, smart move, smart move by Jungle Boy. And I'm just like, guys, just let that go. Show the move that they did to, you know, to to, to finish it versus that move. Yeah, like, that it just move, seemed, yeah. it seemed a little weird to show that move yeah, over and over again. Already down. Right. Like, it was just, it was a mistake. You know, just, just don't, don't keep showing it. But anyway, you know, it was what it was. It was fine. Um yeah, Butcher and Blade, uh, you know, they even though they lose, they they continue to grow on me as a tag team that I do enjoy watching. So, you know, I thought that they did a solid job. But really, this was all about Jurassic Express and MJF, essentially, you know, being a, just a part of this matchup as well. Um, trying to give pointers and rooting for his his guys. Like, or even in the beginning, he was uh, showing them uh, some money. He was like, Daddy needs a win. Daddy needs a win. Like, trying to get them motivated before the uh- the blade some money some money yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like he had some cash on me just like you know hey man daddy needs a win go out there and give me this win so i can win this money then he tossed him a couple bucks and yeah it didn't work out and he kind of gave him a mean stare while they were walking off kind of leaking their wounds he was looking at him like yeah. you know just staring at him i'm like oh that happened. yeah man, I just gave him some money, man. yeah i want my money wow. back <laughs> man so all right, so then the next segment had uh, it was the Dark Order, which was this was one of two surprises that we were going to get on this night. And I didn't think anything like this was going to happen during during this show, so this was pretty cool. Amen, man. Oh, would you go ahead and break it down? Well, so we had the Dark Order come out, you know. So you, you've got uh, Evil Uno come out with uh, oh, what's the other dude's name? I always forget the. Stu Grayson, thank you. Uh, both of them come out and they're talking about, you know, the exalted one and how he's on his way. 
And then uh, Christopher Daniels just had enough. He's like, you know what? Enough, enough. He grabbed a mic. He's like, every week you come out here for months and you talk about the exalted one and how he's going to show up. But, you know, the truth is there is no exalted one. You two are it. You're the exalted ones. And that's it. And midway through talking about this, a video package pops up on the screen. And, you know, the video, the, the voice in the video is garbled at first and you can't really make out what he's saying. He has distorted, you know, and he's just talking about being the exalted one. And you're like, who is it? And it gets closer. He's wearing an all white um, like jacket with a hood. And, you know, it's, it's you can't really make out who it is, although there was certain times where the light shone on on the guy's face. And I, I thought, wait a minute, I think I know who this is. So, you know, he gets closer and then he takes the hood off and it reveals that it's Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper from WWE, which was awesome. Yes. So, you know, Luke Harper is revealed. They cut back to the ring. Luke Harper is actually in the ring in the arena, too. Um, You know, with just, oh, man, just looking awesome. And then... um, he, you know, he does. It's funny because he set up a sister Abigail and then <laughs> flipped it into a clothesline. And I was like, whoa, hell, man, dude, message sent for sure. Even during the promo, he said something about um, you're you're not the first old out of touch. The old man that's out of touch that didn't believe in me, but that's you will funny. be the last. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, OK, all right. All right. I like this. So I am so, so, so happy for Luke Harper. He's going to get a major push, a major opportunity in AEW. And it, it just couldn't be more deserved, man. I'm, I'm very happy for him. Uh, being the Exalted One's a great spot for him. Let's go. I'm ready for the story. Same here, man. I'm all excited for Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper. Now he has his own faction that he runs, Dark Odor. To see him come from being like a henchman for basically the the Bray Wyatt family and then, mm-hmm. you know, just still being a tag team package with uh, what's the other guy's name from uh, from the Wyatt family. Can't oh, with uh, Eric Rowan? Eric Rowan, yeah. And then see him just, you know, leave and he got his, now he's going to be the face of uh, a faction. Dark, a strong yeah, the faction. Dark Order, Dark yeah. Order. This being the exalted one, man. So this is, and when I saw him, I was I was shocked. Uh, already, but I already kind of figured out his voice when it was when it was slowly uh, drowning it out, cleared up, yeah. and it was clearing up. And I'm like, my wrestling mind is going on. That's like, who that sound like? Who that sound like? I'm going to my head. I'm like, oh my god, I think that's that's Luke Harper. That can't be. Luke <laughs> No, it's not. Yep. And then he unveils himself. I'm like, oh my God, it's Luke yep. Harper. I marked yep. out hard, bro. <laughs> I marked out super hard. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm all I'm all down. As soon as I as soon as he let as soon as you put put the hood down, I was down. I was like, cool. This this is it. I'm ready. Let's go. Brody Lee, yeah. I, I'm with it, man. Yeah, man. I am excited for this. I, I can't wait. Um, yeah, next week's uh, episode can't get here sooner, man, because this is one of the things I'm really anticipating seeing to, to, to get more looked at and just more shown. I just want to see more Brody Lee. So uh, let's go. Let's go, man. It's going to be fun. 
Um, so then also too, I uh, just don't want to mention as well that Jake, the snake Roberts, uh, was also there in the crowd on the heel side with his guy, Lance Archer. They did a video package for Lance Archer showing him in this like backyard, uh, just, um, country style, country style in the woods. There's like maybe 10 or 15 guys around this little tiny ring and you know they're all wanting to take their shot uh, to try to beat Lance Archer and he just destroys all of them he lays waste man dude all of them all of them knocked out <laughs> he's getting ready to walk back to the car and some guy says I'll take you he yeah, he's like, hey, yeah, the yeah. Car. damn <laughs> <laughs> Guy's like, hey, asshole, I can take you on. And he's just like, what? All right, come on, let's see what you got. Nope, choke slams him, slams his head into the door, into the, to the hood like four times, and just lays him out, laughs at him, then him and Snake just walk away. Robert, you know, had that sly smile, just patting Lance Archer in the back. I'm like, oh, man, this is great, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm down. Like, Lance Archer, this dude looks like a beast. The way they were setting him up last week, you know, they was just giving us a little background history from the commentary saying he's, you know, he's one of the most badass wrestlers, you know, and I'm like, I can't wait to see. And, they, you know, based off this promo video from yesterday, I was like, oh, shit, this is like this dude is the truth, man. And you got Jake Roberts as your manager. Shit, that, that is a win. Yeah, man, he, he looks like a monster for sure. I think his is uh, one of his monikers is Murderhawk, which you know that's that's uh pretty intense there just uh you know as a as a nickname uh, i'm seeing it here on on uh uprocks here they have uh the murderhawk monster you know is one of the things that they call him and even on the show i feel like they they said murderhawk so i was just like wow okay that again that's a really intense name to have and if it, it, it kind of fits though the the personality overall that he has so yeah man this is uh hey Dude, dude looks like a beast. Um, also, too, the the um, uh, little person there was that um, the dude from uh, Jackass, uh, Wee Man. Oh, I was trying to figure out who was that. That does look like him. Yeah, because I was I'm I'm trying to figure it out. I'm seeing his face, but he has gray hair. I'm like, is that? And I was just trying to put it together. I think that was Wee Man. I'm trying to find it online if that was him, but it's been years. You yeah, know, when Jackass, you know, debut. yeah, because we man, I mean, he's forty six, so you know, potentially, yeah, yeah. But I saw, I was like, I, I want to figure out who that is, and yeah, I think it was We Man. Anyway, so yeah, just a just a little tidbit there. We Man did a little cameo, if you know, if our eyes are to be believed, that was We Man that we both saw. So yeah, man, it was it was pretty cool seeing him there. But overall, man, like uh, just. Lance Archer, yeah, more more of that dude. I think he's going to be a beast. Um, all right, and then, yeah, the, the main event, Inner Circle versus the Elite uh, with Chris Jericho at commentary. And, oh, my God. Sammy Guevara singing Judas. Oh, Judas. oh my. Wow. Charlie's in the AEW universe, bro. Yeah. 
He was determined. He's like, we are singing the song. I'm like, oh, man. need the crowd when you got the Spanish God right Seriously. <laughs> man, just the passion that he sang with. You know, he was he was out of tune. You yeah. know, he, the timing was a little off. Yeah. But, man, he was feeling it. His heart was in the right place, man. MJF, awesome. Sean Spears joining in as well. Joining in. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Just MJF, like you know what you got, you got it, you got it, you you did a good job, kid. You did a good job. He's like, thank you, thank you. Just it was it was awesome, man. Just awesome. Um, but yeah, just uh, the matchup, man. What'd you think? What'd you think of this matchup? Oh, it, it was an entertaining match. I enjoyed it, especially enjoyed Chris Jericho on commentary. I love how he was getting on. Uh, Art Anderson, when he came out there, he was like, man, look at this. Look at Art Anderson coming out with that waffle. No, waffle he house say, menu. I think it was. House menu, bro. Waffle house menu. Like, what? When he said that, man, I lost it. I was like, yeah, oh, my Even Taz lost it. And, and, yeah. and uh, <laughs> Chris Jugger pointed out, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that made you chuckle, man. You don't want to get yep. the you keep straight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. man! So yeah, I, I enjoyed it at completely. It, it was entertaining, and I think the star of the show was you know the Spanish God and, and Chris Jericho to me, man. Yeah, I think um, they were telling a, a great story between uh, Hangman Page and Matt Jackson. You know, like if the, you could see the animosity was still there, but at a certain point towards the end of the matchup, it actually looked like they were starting to get on the same page. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. It was. Uh, to the point where they were going to do the Young Bucks finisher together, um, which I'm like, whoa, this is. Go ahead. Jericho, man, when he cut in, he was like, look at this, man. Look, look what they're about to do. Some tag team maneuver. It's like, he ain't no Nick Jackson. He ain't no Nick Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> like what where is this coming from man, oh, man. yeah yeah <laughs> Dude, he was he was on one during this match man he was great um yeah just it, it was it was an awesome matchup they really worked over cody in the beginning of the match um you know he spent a lot of time just getting destroyed like by by all the members of of the um of the inner circle but um yeah they they tried to mount the comeback but it was to no avail um, they ended up losing the matchup, and now they have the advantage. The inner circle does going into their matchup um, at uh, yeah next week's show. Man, it's gonna be bragging about how the inner circle would dominate the elite, and then he said he's gonna ban all fans from future, <laughs> future <laughs> even when this is over. He's like, I'm gonna ban all fans from the arenas from now on, <laughs> which I thought it was great and smart, man. Yeah, <laughs> Just using what's going on in the real world. Yeah, <laughs> and he used that as a as a, a storytelling element to say I'm gonna ban all fans from the show uh, <laughs> until further notice. I'm like, hell, man! <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that was good. And then I mean, at this point, we had a surprise return again, which started off a little bit awkward because there was a drone. There was a drone that showed up. So when the drone came, now. Let me. Well, I can, you you break this down because I'm curious if the drone had any significance for you. And it if did you, because I'm okay. familiar with the delete videos, and so yeah, I saw yeah. Vanguard one. Oh, I'm okay. like, oh, Matt is in the building, bro. Because I saw this drone. I'm like, oh, they're gonna introduce Matt Hardy as the the like the fifth surprise, the fifth uh, you know the fifth teammate. Yep. 
and they're getting ready and you see Vanguard flying in the arena Matt Mac Jackson getting revealed Nick Jacks uh Nick Jackson's spot for blood and guts and then you hear the piano music and the camera pans over to like to the empty the arena and you see Matt Hardy as broken Matt Hardy mm-hmm. and he's signing the delete delete uh gesturing the delete signs and I'm like oh my god I'm marking out here too and I couldn't believe it I'm like, this is great, man. I'm like, I can't believe Matt Hardy he, he, he didn't re-sign with WWE because he knew they wasn't going to use him. Yeah. And now he's going with AEW, and they're going to use you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to use his uh, his real estate, too, at the Matt Hardy compound as well. Yeah. Because he, he has wrestling. He has a wrestling warehouse in there, and I'm pretty sure they use that. Uh, I don't know if they'll use it for blood and guts. If they do, that would be great. Yeah, it makes sense for them to to go ahead and do that, especially right now, you know, with with what's going on. I think that that would be a a smart move. Um, Yeah. So for me, you know, the drone, I didn't pick up on that. Like I wasn't as big into the broken Matt Hardy uh, uh, character until a little bit later on. You know, and I had seen like some of the the you know movie like the vignettes, the the videos that they had put out. Yeah. But you know, I didn't know it to that detail, and it wasn't until the piano music that I was like, "Oh, that's Matt Hardy! Oh, <laughs> damn! Okay." And then you see him up there in the balcony. You know, he's doing delete. I was like, "Wow!" So he really, like you said, so he really didn't resign because there was still rumors even when uh, you know it was it seemed clear that he was going to go, but then he still hadn't showed up. Yeah. You know, to AEW and the, you know. There were the rumors he was the exalted one, you know, for the Dark Order. Um, there's so many just back and forth. Then Jeff Hardy came back to WWE. So then you're thinking, well, maybe Jeff is going to or Matt is going to resign now since Jeff is back in WWE. Um, but, yeah, no, he showed up. He showed up here. And I think it was a great move for him because, yeah, there's there were no plans for him in WWE. No, you know, he, they really he had no plans for him, man. So they gave yeah. him uh, heroes welcome out, you know, RK hit RKO'd him to hell and now he yeah. came back with AEW as the broken Matt character. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. You know, and it'll be real fun to see him, you know, in in this matchup here that with uh, with the elite. Like that's that's gonna be an interesting pairing to say the least. You know, to see all those guys try to try to coexist with with uh broken Matt Hardy now. Um, but fun stuff. And even Jericho's reaction too, like his face looking at broken Matt, like he had seen a ghost. Yes. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The way he sold that was perfect. Yeah. He just couldn't believe what he's seen. And, you know, and you see Santana Ortiz, he's like, he doesn't recognize, he's, you know, he's telling the story like he doesn't recognize, like, who is he? Like, who's this guy? You know, and you look at Chris Jericho just in shock, in a state of Mm -hmm. shock. And I was like, Mm -hmm. great. So yeah, man, fun show overall. Just uh, they knocked it out the park they with this did. one. I felt it's one of their best episodes, man. And yeah. it's crazy not to have a crowd and you had one episode like this. Mm-hmm. And I just mentioned four matches. Essentially, it was it was four matches that we saw. That's that's also nuts that they they gave us two hours of content with four matches. Yeah, it's just excellent overall planning and 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 creativity exhibited by by the team there, man. It was it was just awesome. It was an awesome show to watch, um, and I'm I'm really excited for Blood and Guts, man. Like Dude. I'm I'm ready for it. So to you know bring it on at this point, man. Let's go. Let's. I can't wait till next week. Hell yeah, man. I'm definitely hyped, man. They definitely built this up well. You know, shouts out to the production team, even the wrestlers. 
everybody who just pitched in and, and gave us one hell of a go home show for blood and guts. Definitely. Yeah, man. So I, I think that's going to do it. Any, any final word to, to summarize just, just your feeling on this show. It was just a great show, man. I, I hopefully WWE takes some notes, you know, and see how they can modify their show for WrestleMania for the performance center, man. Cause I think they definitely need to take notes and, and learn a few, learn a, thing or two from uh, AEW from their competition because they definitely knocked it out of the park how to properly run a show with no crowd man facts well said and with that we'll we'll cap it off there so that'll do it for this recap episode of AEW Dynamite for Devin I'm Hafiz we'll catch you guys next time peace alright guys thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast